welcome to the Vine Church. We look forward to experiencing community with you. If you'd like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at thevinegoshen.org. Enjoy the message. Hey, my name is Travis. I'm a lead pastor here at the Vine. Uh, this morning, as we get started, I have a couple of things I want to bring your attention to. Uh, and so the first is something that we're doing that is kind of special. And so I've invited my buddy Joe Tran to come up and share a little bit about it. So Joe, we're, we got something kind of cool going on. You want to uh, yeah. talk about it a little bit? Actually, uh, today is our release date for uh, our first ever uh, live worship album. So yeah, yeah. So it is. It is out on all major music platforms right now. If you scan that QR code, you'll get uh, a browser that pulls up with all the links that you can listen. Yeah. So if uh, you would like to download the album that the Vine Worship Team put together, and by the way, Joe and the worship team—they've been working on this for a long time, and they've been working a lot. I think like Joe's fingers were probably bleeding at some point from Just all the like mixing he was doing and stuff. <laughs> uh, but this is the QR code. So all you have to do is scan this with your phone and you can actually download the album and it's free to you. Okay. Uh, and so we want that to be a gift. Uh, Jordan had a, a big part of that. Jordan wasn't able to be here today. He's at a wedding this week, but uh, we wanted to make you aware of that and invite you into that to kind of celebrate with us. Uh, anything else you want to add about it? Yeah, actually, I just want to talk about the album a little bit. Yeah, I just want to tell you that, you know, it is really uh, love songs to Jesus, um, written by this church for this church. So that was our first uh, purpose for this for this album. But the second thing was that you know Jordan always drills into us as mu- worship musicians that we're not just up here to worship; we're also here to lead you all into worship. And so we we are fulfilling that not just on Sundays, but also on Mondays through Saturdays by releasing this album out available to any music platform that you listen to. And then not just that, but we also you know part of the mission here is to love, serve, and reach Goshen. So um, we have uh, released the music online, and we will be releasing uh, videos, uh, music videos of the of the songs as well, um, which will reach Goshen. And we just we just gift it to anyone that wants to really fall in love with Jesus. So um, yeah, definitely tell your friends about it and, and share it all over social media. Yeah, I have one one last question, Joe. So on the music videos, are you going to be dancing? Uh, just sometimes. <laughs> I have a mask, so you don't know it's me. All right, just I kidding. just had to ask. So, all right. Well, hey, give him a hand, and guys, we're excited about this. This is gonna be a big deal. Um, so today, before you leave, make sure you download that and uh, have a listen. It'll be it'll be a lot of fun. So today, I also have a couple other announcements. Uh, this week, we we have a, a couple things going on. Uh, so this week on Saturday. Uh, so this coming Saturday, we have invited my friend uh, Ray Longwood to come, and he's actually going to uh, share with us for for all morning Saturday, uh, just kind of his heart on uh, the Holy Spirit, kind of what the, how the Holy Spirit can play a role in our lives. And so we've kind of given some space to that uh, and created a little bit of a day conference. And so uh, we want to invite you. You are welcome to come. It is absolutely free. We're going to have a continental breakfast early in the morning at 8.30, and then at 9 o'clock, we're going to kick off the rest of the conference. Uh, we'll be done by noon. And so that's kind of the, the way that that's going to play out. But I also want to just encourage you, please sign up. That way we know how much food to prepare for the breakfast. Uh, and then the other thing we have going on is the following week on Wednesday, we kick off our small group round, right? And so we're excited about that. Uh, but our small groups are going to look a little different than they've looked in the last uh, number of times we've done the small groups. And so what we're going to do is every Wednesday, we're going to meet here at the building. 
all of us together. So this is like a whole church kind of invite thing. Bring your friends, bring your family. We're going to come here. We're going to eat together. So that's going to be the first thing that we do. And then after we eat together, uh, we're going to break off. Our, the youth will go to the youth room and have youth group. Uh, we have childcare for the little ones. And then uh, the rest of the family can come in here and we're going to uh, learn a little bit, take some time to learn. And then we're going to break into our small groups and have some discussion and just kind of take it from there. So that's kind of our plan. And we want you to sign up. So it would be helpful for us also if you sign up to that, because we're going to try to do food every week. And so if we have a ballpark idea of how many people are going to be there. It's just super helpful logistically. Uh, you can sign up for both of these things on our website, thevinegoshen.org. Uh, and there's, there's a place there that you can sign up. So let me pray and we're going to jump into our message. So Father, we invite you just to speak to us this morning. Holy Spirit, would you come and would you continue to work in our hearts? Uh, the, the work that you started this morning in worship, we ask that you would continue that. That you would continue to be with us, that you continue to, to encourage, that you would continue to challenge us uh, in, in all the ways that we need challenged, and that you would invite us into a space where we can become more than we maybe naturally are through you and through what you're doing in our lives. In your name we pray, amen. Well, I want to start with kind of a question. So, so the question this morning is this, what happens when we come to church on a Sunday morning? What happens? Now, for most of you, you, you got ready and you, you, know, you probably yelled at your kids on the way here and, you know, shut up, we're going to church, right? Like something like that. And you get here and, and you walk in the doors of the church. What was that experience like? When you came here, were you hoping to encounter something real? Were, were you maybe hoping to encounter Jesus and his presence um, were you hoping people would just kind of leave you alone? Like, what was that experience like for you as you walked in the doors? My hope is that when you came here this morning, you were extravagantly welcomed. My hope is that you were extravagantly welcomed. No matter what you looked like, no matter what your background was, no matter who you are, no matter where you came from, no matter how you dress, whether you were wearing uh, shorts and a t-shirt or whether you were wearing jeans or whether you were wearing a suit and tie, my hope is that you were welcomed. And that as you came in, whether you were rich or whether you were poor, whether you were young or whether you were older, I hope you were extravagantly welcomed by our team by every person that calls this church their home. That was my hope. You know, when Jenica and I first started this church, we had this kind of dream. And I, I remember talking with Jenica and a few leaders at the time and just, we kind of painted this picture. We said, you know, wouldn't it be amazing if someday the Vine Church became known as the most welcoming church in Goshen? Wouldn't that be incredible? And now when I say the most welcoming church, I don't mean like, like we, we accept like, you know, all the sin things. No, what I'm saying is that any person, no matter what their struggle, no matter what their background, no matter what they're going through in life, they could come here and they could be welcomed and embraced by the love of God, first and foremost. That we would become the most welcoming church in Goshen. And now over the years, if I was to look at our church in a snapshot right now, I think we've moved in that direction. 
Now, I don't know if we're the most welcoming church in Goshen, but, but man, I know we're heading in that direction. And so my hope this morning is that you were welcomed extravagantly. And if you weren't, come talk to me and I will give you just the biggest welcome you've ever had. Or go talk to Jenica. She'll give you an even bigger one. But my hope is that as you're welcomed, that it leaves you with a hunger in your heart to experience more of God. And that you don't just become a foyer dweller or a pew filler, but you actually become part of the family. That over time, as you, as you attend here, you become part of the family. You become part of the framework and the fabric that makes this church so great. That you too get to be a part of that process of welcoming others. You see, because it takes more than our staff and our leaders and our, our board to, to create the type of church culture that I'm talking about here. It takes all of us leaning in and saying, you know what? When I showed up, somebody welcomed me extravagantly. So I'm going to be that same person to someone else. I'm going to invite them out to lunch after church. I'm going to invite them out to coffee. I'm going to connect with them and invite them to sit next to me on a Sunday. Whatever that looks like for you, that you too would be a part of this process of being welcoming. And so part of what we're talking about is this idea of what creates healthy church culture. And so over the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about some of our values here at The Vine. And as we begin this series, we're going to be beginning a series called Let's Take a Look. And we're going to take a look at various values that we hold as a Vineyard Church. And we're, we're going to look at what makes the Vine Church the Vine Church. And so today we're going to talk about our first value, which is come as you are. Come as you are. Now for, for me this morning... Um, I came in the way that I normally would dress midweek. I didn't wear a nice fancy shirt. I, I didn't dress up because I wanted to paint the picture for you that this is, this is me. I'm here as I am. And so my hope is that you came this morning and you were welcomed as you are, wherever you are in life. So today we're going to talk about this idea of come as you are. And we're going to spend our time in two primary uh, passages 2 Corinthians 5.17, which talks about what it looks like to be in Christ. And we're also going to look at Luke 23, verse 32, where we see Jesus on the cross, and he's talking to two thieves that are hung next to him on the cross. But I want to, before we dive into some of that, I want to tell a little bit of my story. Tell you a little bit about what it was like for me the very first time I went to church. What was my experience the first time I went to church? You see, when I was younger, I, was, I, I, was, I grew up in a household that was coming out of a lot of brokenness. And, and we had experienced a lot of junk in our life, and, and there was a lot going on. But at about 11 years old, um, I gave my life to Jesus along with the rest of my family. And in that moment, I understood what it meant the, the, the difference between good and evil, light and darkness. I, I understood what that meant. You see, my, my grandpa on my mom's side, he was abusive to all of his children. And, you know, this was physical, this was emotional, and even sexual. 
And so that was some of the brokenness that my family was coming out of. I had other family members that, that were deeply entrenched in various drug addictions and alcoholism. And now when I say alcoholism, I'm not talking about like, you know, a couple beers on the weekend. I'm talking about like my, my dad had a still in the back of his, his house kind of thing, right? And, and like the kind of alcoholism where some of my family members had to take a few drinks just to get rid of the shakes, like that kind of alcoholism. And so I knew what that was like. I grew up in that environment. I remember showing up to one of my family members' houses and, and there'd be like so much junk and nastiness on the floor that it was about a foot deep of just garbage and trash because they were so drugged out that they just, they just weren't doing anything but like sitting there and taking care of drugs and doing drugs and whatever that looked like. You see, that's the kind of brokenness I got to witness and experience. And so when I was offered this opportunity to, to see that there's a better way to live your life, I said, I can see the difference. Light versus darkness. I can see the difference. But in that moment, we, we, moment, we went to church for the very first time. And I, I, I remember in the background, I've got all this stuff going on. Like I remember the DEA kicking in the door of our house when I was little and me running to my mom scared because my dad was being hung, uh, like drug off by the DEA. We also had like these, these Doberman. Um, I don't know if you call them pinchers or pincers or however you pronounce that, but like they you know, they're really like mean looking dogs or that. Well, like there were these big black dogs and they were no, no dogs. I was not allowed to pet those dogs. Why? Because they were guarding the drugs. And so my parents didn't want me back there. That's what I grew up in. That was the environment. So we decided that we were going to go to church. My mom, she, she left that environment and she uh, married my stepdad and they started to get their life together and started to try to move some things forward. And, and one of the things that they knew was, well, I think we're supposed to go to church. And so they, they'd given their life to Jesus. And so we started going to church, but, but we were not very polished. And we showed up to church and I, you know, we all smelled like cigarette smoke because my, my family members smoked and, and we show up and, and we didn't know the rules. And I remember like my first moment, like they play this music and, and I'm like, okay, this is cool. And the people were pretty nice. Like they welcomed us. And I was like, all right, this, this is kind of neat. And then like people started like raising their hands. And I, at first I was like, do they have a question? Like, or is the, <laughs> are they allowed to do that? Like what's happening here? This is weird. And then over time, I was like, well, no, they're not. They're obviously not asking. Maybe they're like an antenna. Like, that's how you hear from God. And like, just bzzz, like, that's how it works. And, and I was just confused. And so, by the way, if, if you don't know what that is, us weird Christians holding our hands up, it's just a posture of surrender. That's all it is. It's us saying, I'm surrendered before the Lord in a humble posture saying, God, I want what you have for me. That's all that is. Okay, and so, but, but in the moment, I had no clue. I had no idea what this meant. And then we kind of went through the service, and I had to listen to this guy, like, talk forever. Like, 40 minutes, just, he wouldn't shut up. I was so bored. And then after he was done talking, my favorite moment that I remember so vividly was... They, they passed out these little tiny cups with just this tiny bit of juice in it. 
like they handed these little cups out and then they gave you a little piece of styrofoam to go with it. <laughs> and now like I was taught like you don't eat styrofoam, but, but I was like, you know, I, I guess if that's what you're supposed to do to be close to God, you just eat styrofoam and you know, that's okay. You know, who am I to judge? Right. And so we, we took our little cup and we had our little styrofoam and they talked about Jesus. And then they said, okay, now we want you to drink his blood and eat his body. And I was like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> now I'd seen vampire movies before and that was the only context that I had. And so I remember like my parents trying to kind of explain what was going on, but they didn't really know themselves. And they're like, I think this is kind of what we're supposed to do to like, like it's, it's called communion. And I think we, it helps us be close to Jesus. And so it's symbolic. And I was like, I don't know what that word means, but that's okay. I'm just going to follow your lead. And so we took communion for the first time. And it was over the next several months and years that I began to understand what some of those symbolic moments actually meant and how, how beautiful they really are. But it wasn't in all of those moments that, that I really, really gained some ground with my faith in Jesus. It was actually through the people that welcomed us in, even though we were not polished, even though we hadn't a clue what we were doing. And they said, hey, we want to welcome you here. And then I began to experience God in a real way. Like I remember like in worship, I felt something and somebody explained, well, that's the presence of God. You're feeling the presence of God. And then I remember like it went beyond feeling. I remember learning some things about God that I thought, well, that's kind of a game changer. That might change something in my life. And as I began to grow and apply what I was learning, it began to change and transform my life. You see, I think it's important for us as Christians to remember that sometimes we forget what it was like the very first time we entered a church. What it was like for us when we first surrendered our lives to Jesus. And I think it's so important for us to remember that in those moments where we welcome somebody in, that, that, that there's no better way to share and express the love of God than saying, hey, listen, come as you are. Come as you are. We want to welcome you into this family. You have a place to belong here. And it's when we do that, that we truly make an impact in people's lives. It's how it worked in my life. Our family wasn't polished, but we were hungry to know God. We wanted something real because we had tasted what it was like on the other side of that. And we wanted something life-changing. So one of our values here is come as you are. So, so if you're here today, this is like your first time or, or you're relatively new here. Man, I, I want you to feel welcome to be here as you are. You don't have to be polished. 
You know, you, you just be who you are. You see, what happens is when we come as we are, we have an opportunity to give our life to Jesus. And when we give our life to Jesus, it's in that moment that, that the Lord begins to change some of the things in our life that are out of alignment. And he begins to free us from things that have held us back from living the kind of life that we know we're destined to live. Come as you are is where it starts. You know, we don't have to get our life cleaned up first. We're supposed to just come as we are. And so if you have a Bible, we're going to take a look at a moment where, where Jesus expressed this as if like with an exclamation point, come as you are moment in Luke 23, verse 32. And if you don't have a Bible, we'll just put it up here on the screen. Luke 23, 32. I'll give you a second to get there. It says this, it says, two others, both criminals were led out to be executed with him. When they came to a place called the skull or Golgotha, some translations say, they nailed him, meaning Jesus, to the cross and cr the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. So even in that moment, as Jesus is being nailed to the cross, he, he's pleading to God, the father saying, God, forgive these people. They don't know what they're doing. And then the soldiers, they gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. The crowd watched and the leader scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself if he really is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers mocked him too by offering him a drink of sour wine. They called out to him, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. A sign was fastened above him with these words. This is the king of the Jews. Then... One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. So you see what I find super profound here. Jesus is hanging on the cross about to save mankind with all the power and ability to take himself off the cross. And he chose to be ridiculed even to the point of people saying, save yourself. And he's like, no, I'm going to save you. I find that profound. But the other criminal protested, don't you fear God, even when you're being sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Today you will be with me in paradise. You know, this passage, it challenges us in many ways. You know, we often think that we have to get our lives all straightened out and clean before we come to Jesus. But, but this guy hanging on the cross, he was out of time. He didn't have any more time. He was at the end of the rope. He was done. He had done some bad things and he was paying the price for them. Yet all it took was for him to believe that Jesus was who he said he was and accept the grace and eternity Jesus was offering. And with great love and kindness, Jesus welcomed this thief 
into his kingdom. Today, you will be in paradise with me. This is the message of the cross. Come as you are. Come as you are. You don't have to get clean first. Come as you are. In fact, the message of hope we have in Jesus is that we can come to Jesus wherever we're at in life, messy, broken, struggling, imperfect humans. And we find God's grace through Jesus. And we're forgiven. We're accepted. We are welcomed into God's family as one of his children. We go from being humans far from God, messy and broken, to being humans connected to God, walking out our lives, learning how to be less messy and broken, but connected with our Father as sons and daughters. You know, God no longer views us when we come to Christ through our struggles. Instead, he views us through what Jesus did on the cross. And this example Jesus gave, it, it makes the religious mind explode just a little bit. Because th this thief, he, he didn't get baptized. Like, he didn't. He didn't get baptized. He didn't attend a new believers class. He didn't attend small group. In fact, he never set foot in church. Because all it took was for him to believe Jesus was who he said he was and surrender his life to Jesus. Jesus said, today, you'll be with me in paradise. Now you see, most of us have this incredible opportunity in that we've got, we've got some time left in our life. We don't know how much. Nobody's promised tomorrow. Our life can change in the blink of an eye. But a lot of us are going to have tomorrow and, and maybe a little bit longer than that. But, but the reality of it is this. That's, that's the time we get to use to go from surrendering our life to Jesus to learning how to follow Jesus. Where we can surrender and then we can let him transform and change our life and move us closer and closer to the identity that he's given to us. Becoming the kingdom people he's called and created us to be. And that's what life is about, is this journey where we come to Christ and then we learn what it means to follow Christ. And so that's something that I want to invite you into today. This thief, he believed, and it was in his belief and faith in Jesus that he was saved. But I want to take a, a, another look in kind of another aspect of God's grace. And kind of what does it mean to, to be saved and to be in Christ or for us to, to, to uh, take on that identity that Jesus has given us? And so I want to look at a passage in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 17. So if you want to turn there, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. This kind of gives us another perspective. And, and we're going to talk about a couple things here that, that may be interesting. It says this, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, 
the new is here. Read it again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Okay, and so we're going to break this down just a little bit. I have that thing going through my head. Anybody ever see yoga at Gabby? He's like, break it down, right? Anyways, uh, if you're a parent, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. But it says this, it says, if anyone, meaning anyone, literally means anyone, is in, okay, this is a stated position. It could be is on or even within, but, but it is essentially stating the proximity of which we are anchoring to something, okay? So like we are in basically means that we are standing positionally in Christ, okay? That's what it's talking about. And it, and it says in Christ, referring to Jesus, the anointed one, the Messiah. And it says the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. And so I wanna talk about this a little bit because this is actually kind of kind of a big view of some things that I think are deeply important for the Christ follower. Paul is writing this and he's saying two very important things here. One, if you are positioned in Christ, you are made new. That's important, right? The old is gone. Our past is gone. We are now made new. But there's even a bigger implication here because for Paul's audience, it was a mix of, of Jewish people and Gentile people. And for that audience, there was an argument in that day that even though Jesus had come, the law of Moses or, or the Torah was still being used as the standard by which many live their lives by. So the law of Moses. And, and uh, this is where we get, uh, if, you're, if you're familiar with Judaism, so Judaism, this is kind of like the divergence, Christianity versus Judaism. And so we see that, that Paul's audience with this mixed group, they're, they're wrestling over this idea of, well, Jesus has come, but doesn't the law still stand? Isn't the law still something we're supposed to live by, the law of Moses? And, and his argument here is, is simply, well, no, that law has been fulfilled. And so the other side to this is, is for Jewish people, it, if the law has been fulfilled and completed, that meant that they now landed in kind of equal plane with the Gentile people or non-Jewish people. Now, if you were Jewish, that would be kind of hard to hear. Like you now aren't, aren't kind of like above all the rest of the world, you are not like you're, you go from God's chosen people to now God's chosen people and everybody else. And Paul is saying, yeah, that's what Jesus did. He made it possible for not just the Jewish people to experience this, but now everyone is invited in. And Paul is saying, we are now in a moment where we have entered a new part of the story because Jesus has come. So we are in Christ, meaning Jesus followers. And we are now a new creation, meaning that, that those of us who have, have decided to follow Jesus with our lives, we are that new creation. And we're in a new covenant. In fact, have you ever read through Matthew, the book of Matthew or Luke, and at the beginning, you see the genealogy of Jesus? And you've, have you ever wondered, like, why is that there? 
Like, it's really long. It's a little confusing. It's a little boring. But it goes all the way back to Abraham. And it's like, so-and-so, the son of so-and-so, the son of so-and-so, the son of, right? You know what I'm talking about? And uh, like for, for a long time, I wondered like, why is that even there? And so one of the reasons that it is there is because Matthew and Luke are painting the picture all the way back to Abraham and then creation. And they're saying the old creation up until this moment has now been fulfilled in Jesus. There's like a timeline stamp before Jesus, old creation, old covenant, the law of Moses. Jesus has fulfilled that law. Now that Jesus is here, we are in a new moment. And those who are Christ followers are a new creation. Does that make sense? And so now you have an idea of kind of why the genealogy is there. It's painting a picture for us that that history of Israel has been completed. And now we're in a new moment with Christ. We are no longer held to the standard of the old covenant law to be right with God. We are now held to a greater standard, Jesus. And just like the thief on the cross, in order to be made right with God, we must be positioned in Christ. Meaning we believe by faith that Jesus is who he said he was and choose to surrender our life to him just as the thief on the cross did. Our lives are not measured by the works we do. Instead, if we are in Christ, we are measured by the work Jesus already did on the cross. So if you want to know where you go when you die, the question lies fully in whether you are in Christ or not. And since eternity is at stake, it's worth every person in this room pondering, where do I stand? Where do I stand? Am I in Christ? So question is, have I surrendered my life to Jesus and now have faith in Jesus? I believe he is who he said he was and my life is surrendered to him. If that's you, guess what? You are in Christ. If not, then I want to invite you this morning to make a decision today. To make a decision to be in Christ. If that's you, and you, you, you maybe heard my story a little bit, and maybe you identify with it, and you're like, man, I, I, I've had some messy stuff in my life, and I want my life to look a little different moving forward. The good news is that we can step into a space where we are now in Christ by believing and having faith in who he says he is and surrendering our life to him. So if that's you and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus with your life, to believe by faith that Jesus is who he says he is, the son of God, I want to give you a, just the opportunity this morning to come as you are. Come as you are. You don't got to clean up your life first. It's an invitation. The change in our life, it happens after we accept that invitation. And it's not us that, 
that does all the changing, it, it changes, it's, it's Jesus in us. And so if you struggle with something, you're like, I don't know how that's going to change. I would encourage you, let Jesus into that space because he can change anything. And so I want to invite you to be in Christ this morning. And so if that's you and you're here and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, but today you would like to take that step. And I understand in a room full of weird Christians that might feel a little scary to say, I'm going to raise my hand. But I want to encourage you. That decision changed my life. The trajectory my life was on without Jesus would have ended very differently than where I'm at today. It quite literally changed the course of my life. And and I'm just telling you, I, I am living proof that life is better with Jesus than without. And I'll bet you most everybody in here that's made that decision would say the same thing. And so today, I want to invite you, if that's you, and you want to make a decision today to, to surrender your life to Jesus, would you be brave right now? And would you raise your hand? Would you raise your hand? just going to give it a moment. I'm not going to belabor this forever. I think there's another group of people I always like to, I always like to talk to. Um, and you can, you can put your hand back down. You know, for, for a lot of people, they grew up in church and you know, maybe that's you, you grew up in church and over time you, you kind of had a relationship with Jesus and maybe you even made a decision. I want to follow Jesus with my life. But over time, you've kind of walked away from that relationship and you feel like you've landed in a place where you're just, you feel far from God now. So we would call, call this moment an invitation to come back to Jesus or rededicate your life to Jesus. And so if that's you and you're here and, and you want to rededicate your life to Jesus, you're saying like, listen, I, I've walked away and I want to come back. If that's you, would you be brave? And would you raise your hand? Thank you. Appreciate that. So here's what I want to do this morning. I'm going to have you guys all stand up. I'm going to invite our worship team to come back up. I'm going to, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And if you raised your hand, this prayer is specifically for you. And so I want you to pray this prayer with us. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to say some words of the prayer and I'm just going to have you guys repeat them back and we'll do it as a group. Um, But this is primarily for those of you that rededicated or surrendered your life to Jesus for the first time this morning. And so if you want to close your eyes, we're going to pray. So repeat after me, Jesus, I invite you today to be the Lord of my life. I surrender my life to you. Lord, would you forgive all of my past sins? And today, I make a statement. And I stand 
in Christ. I am a new creation. The old is gone. The new is here. And Jesus, I ask that you would help me to follow you wholeheartedly with my entire life. Would you change the things in my life that need to change? And would you use me in whatever way you see fit? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, would you guys welcome those guys to the family? So we're going to end right now by going into a last song. If, if you raised your hand, I, I would love you to come back and talk to one of our ministry time people in the back. They got lanyards on. They're just kind of hanging out back there. Um, we want to make sure, first and foremost, that you have a Bible. Uh, and then also just answer any questions that you might have. They're not going to make it weird or anything like that. But they just want to connect with you for just a minute um, and make sure that you have everything you need to get started on this journey in the right direction. And so I'm going to turn it over to Ed, and we're going to continue some ministry time. Well, that is it for today's message. We thank you for joining us. If you'd like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at thevinegoshen.org. We'll see you next time.